a mother's love. They say there's no kind stronger, but in this particular case, no kind more dangerous. We are, of course, talking about the 1960 classic Psycho. Tonight, we study the strange case of Norman Bates on this very special Mother's Day edition of the Sexy Vampire Teeth podcast. You're listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth podcast. Enjoy the show. Hello, Matt, and hello, Justin. Hello, Joe. Howdy, howdy. We are, of course, talking about Psycho from 1960. It's an Alfred Hitchcock movie, and it stars Anthony Perkins as Norman Bates, Janet Lee as Marion Crane, and John Gavin as Sam Loomis. This is another movie that is difficult to talk about. When we talked about uh, The Exorcist, which was not that long ago, we mentioned how, like, you know, there's just nothing else to say that already hasn't been said. It, it really is the same thing for Psycho. We're tackling a big movie. And, um, you know, this movie's been talked about, you know, a thousand times over. Everything has been said to death on it. And there's nothing that we could really bring to the table in terms of, like, you know, uh, insightfulness into the plot, I don't think. That, that probably hasn't been said somewhere else. I think the best approach that we have with these kinds of movies is that we sort of talk about it on a personal level. And we talk about the nostalgic aspect of it and, and things like that. And um, that's how I get them, you know? And then when I have them, step one. So, <laughs> fucking yeah, I, I, 13 more steps to go. There are content creators that have done the trivia thing are doing any kind of wrong. And I'm sure they mean well. I mean, people always mean well. They cluck their thick tongues and shake their heads and suggest oh so delicately. Oh, so delicately. <laughs> <laughs> what's that from i i heard it i just <laughs> that sounds familiar <laughs> it's a great line oh my it's god it's a great line and nobody else could have pulled that line off except for anthony perkins the delivery of that everything fucking line the first line yeah the first time i ever heard that line the first time i saw the movie was like i was enjoying the movie and that was the second that I was like, holy shit, this is a masterpiece. Like, it, I don't know why that line, that delivery is just like, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. This is the sort of movie where if you haven't seen it, you know so much about it because it's just, you know, the cultural milieu, I guess, it's just like soaked with the references and, you know, lines and scenes from this movie. It's one and of the sound effects. Yeah, yeah, right. It's music, it's sound effects. It's one of the most popular horror movies of all time. Um, and, you know, for some people, it's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. And um, they're not wrong to think that. Uh, this is quite a movie. Uh, I'm a huge fan. No, you guys are huge fans. Before you saw this movie, how much of the plot did you know? How many spoilers? Did you know, like, what... Yeah. I guess I guess the better question is, what was a surprise for you when you saw the movie for the first time? I'll, I'll tell you the truth, is I saw Psycho 4 <laughs> before I <laughs> ever saw Psycho. I saw Psycho 1 today, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to pause Psycho 1 to record this podcast. No. <laughs> I'm not done. So no spoilers. So don't spoil it. No. Um, so I, I knew that the mother was dead and I knew that he was the psycho. Unfortunately, that's one of the things that I would have loved is like, you know, every, you know, the idea that 
until she pulls up to his motel, you think she's the psycho. (laughs) Yeah. Right. But yeah, so that was the, so that was pretty much what I knew, but I just, all I knew is there's a shower scene and he's crazy. I had no idea what type of movie it was at all. Like I knew nothing going into it besides okay. like he's crazy, something with the mother. And like, by the way, I didn't even see all of psycho four. I was like, I was really little. And well, what year did psycho four come out? 90, 90. So I was like maybe 10 or 11. I think it was like on in the house. Maybe my dad was watching it. And I was like, Oh, this is pretty dumb. Like, <laughs> you know, like I did, I mean, sure. I'm not, yeah, it was just like, okay, I, it didn't make sense out of context for me, so I think I was like doing something else in the room or something like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, what about you, Justin? Because um, well, you saw this a little bit earlier on, I think, right? Because you were talking about this I saw, Yeah, aunt? I saw this. Yeah, so I, I had seen this during one of our horror movie marathons. I was probably about, uh, I, I would say about seven or eight. I would say probably about eight years old. Okay. First time I saw this. That's pretty and fucking even, young. It is, yeah. Yeah. And, and and even then, actually, I think I saw this the same night I first saw the original Nightmare on Elm Street. You saw that at eight years old? I, I, I didn't realize that. Yes. That explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is I had seen Elm Street 3 first. <laughs> In the hospital when I was born. <laughs> no, Elm Street 3 came out in like 87. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so but in any case. I saw 2 first. I know, Matt. We saw it together. <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> in the basement. No, that was the one I told the story about. I had to like, I was. They put they put the tape in, and I was sitting there with my finger on the pause button. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, pause it when it gets scary. <laughs> <laughs> and then they never paused it. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I, I'd seen it around seven or eight years old. Um, I knew. I knew the the shower scene because everybody fucking knew that. Yeah, I mean, as, yeah, um, 100%. And I knew that he was mother. I knew that Norman was 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 his mother. You knew all that that that, that young, that's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. How? Cuz these were these were all things that were already just part of the the pop culture zeitgeist. I, I guess so. You know, like it, like that shit. Was I don't really remember like just things, something you knew. Yeah, but I don't remember like things referencing that at that age though. Like I knew about that stuff a little bit older, I guess. But yeah, I'm surprised. Your yeah, aunt's no, a fucking that... your aunt's a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe! If only you knew. Um... <laughs> oh, that sounds like a very darker podcast. <laughs> uh, and we'd like to thank well, her for being a continued listener. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's the only person who subscribes to our Patreon. She pays um... for the stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but you know, I do have her to thank for, you know, my love of the genre and, uh, being the person who introduced me to fucking psycho. Uh, but even like going in, knowing only those two things about the movie, I really, I didn't know anything about the plot itself. It was literally just, there's a shower scene and he dresses up as his mother and kills people. That's it. That's all I knew. Okay. That's um, a lot to know. It is. I mean, yeah. those are like the two biggest points of the movie that yeah knowing that the opening girl is gonna die and see, knowing that but that's she's, the thing though yeah. i didn't know that oh okay. okay you knew like that things happen but you're not to who and what order right gotcha okay well, that that still makes it an enjoyable watch i think um well right, i mean you look, still go into it thinking yeah. that this is the main character yeah 
that you're following and then not so much. Yeah. Um, obviously that was a huge thing about the movie, right? Is they killed off like a, a big star and what we thought was going to be the main character very early on. A lot of things have copied that since then. And, um, but this is the first time that we've seen it. Justin, can you think of any examples? (laughs) (laughs) Why, yes, the workings of Lovecraft. (laughs) Well, in Rider, the reanimator. I was like waiting for him to bring that up, and the, the fact that you yeah, said, I didn't want to say it. Uh, I was going to make the same joke. I was going to be like, "Well, because you know, in Lovecraft." <laughs> well, no, I, I, the joke I was going to make was uh, Spielberg fucking Hitchcock totally ripped off Wes Craven and pulled a Drew Barrymore. <laughs> you know, I I actually knew everything about this movie before Sword, and I didn't see it till like you guys saw it a lot earlier than I did. I saw it much later on. Um, this was kind of like in my rediscovering horror years where I was watching a lot of classic stuff, a lot of older stuff that I never saw before. Everything that I watched as a kid was, and you know, as a teenager, it was more like 80s stuff. I didn't really watch a lot of older stuff. I wasn't until I was like in my 20s where I kind of went back and watched all these older things. Uh, obviously the big classics and stuff like that. Because uh, I was just like a slasher guy for a very long time. But Justin is the one that got me into this movie because um, I remember very well. You had a copy of the Universal... Um, like what was it called legacy edition or whatever dvd you know yeah, what i'm talking about it's yeah, like it's, it wasn't like that like like golden kind of book it right, like, it up like a book yeah. yeah yeah and all the universal horror movies well the main major ones like dracula Frankenstein. was like a checklist yeah they all had a version of that dvd too and i had them all and then you had a psycho one i'm like i didn't know that was like part of this i i thought it was like universal monsters not just universal horror in general and it kind of wasn't it was just that one was just sort of the rogue you know dvd you had that and you were talking about it with me and i'm like yeah you know i never saw it but i knew everything about it and i mean everything like i knew what the dead mother looked like in the chair when it gets turned around i had seen pretty much every major scene in this movie that when i watched it nothing was uh, new or surprised to me i saw so many clips of dialogue you know, I, I kind of sort in piecemeal almost. And then when I watched it, you know, I, I, I kind of knew a lot of what I was going to see. But I will tell you, for knowing all those things and seeing a lot of those things, I really enjoyed the movie because just, you know, experiencing it, watching it play through, you know, the story. Um, it's really just, just like a master. It's a masterpiece, honestly. It really is, yeah. Yeah. I just remembered, so... Yeah, I mean, the first time I, I saw it wasn't until high school, where I actually saw it all the way through. It was over at my friend's house, where I was getting my my friends into horror movies, and we were kind of putting each other on to different horror movies. But I just remembered why I knew about the mothers, because one night coming home from trick-or-treating, um, my mom had been watching it on TV. And it was just the ending scene where he's in the cell. And I was like, why is it like he have a, why is he thinking with a woman's voice? And he was like, and she was like, oh, he's crazy. He thinks he's his mother. (laughs) I wouldn't hurt a fly moment. I was like, oh, I just, that's all I saw. But yeah, I watched the whole movie start to finish in like middle of high school. Yeah, I I, I was much older and, um, but I really loved it. And like, I just sort of, I I almost feel like knowing everything, I, I didn't have to like, guess and wait for things do you know what i mean like and play that whole like oh what's gonna happen now and like just think too much i was able to just let the movie like happen i guess you know i feel like just so stupid just saying things like this like you know it's a masterpiece pretty much every scene with anthony perkins is 
just very captivating. Like it's, it's hard to not like pay attention to him. Um, and just really like enjoy and be entertained by like how well every single scene is put together and how the movie flows. Um, and it's not a traditional sort of story. So, you know, and I, and I guess that's why it works. And, you know, back then, obviously, right. It was so far off the beaten path of movies that were out around that time, but I still feel like it felt that way when I saw it in like, you know, the fucking early 2000s or whatever it was when I finally watched it. It like the fact that it still has that feel to it, you know, it still has that effect on you when you watch it, seeing everything you've seen already, knowing everything about the movie. It's just it's a testament to how great of a film this is. It really is. It's uh, it's funny because I was sitting here watching it just now and I've seen this movie a million times, but it's such an easy watch. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like you, this is one of those movies that I can legitimately just sit down and watch any time. Yeah, just because I'm never not in the mood to watch it. You know what I mean? Like if if somebody would say, "Hey, you want to watch Psycho?" I, I'm never going to be like, "Nah." Well, yeah, you know, it holds it's, up it's, so well. Yeah, it does. And you know, a lot of the movies like from around this time that they, they have a certain feel there's a certain quality uh to the acting and whatnot and well in a lot of cases yes this movie leans into that there are some instances where it's like it feels like it could be a modern movie yeah like anthony anthony perkins doesn't feel like an actor of this time i agree yeah yeah well that's why i say he's like he's so captivating you know there's something very special about his performance yeah yeah absolutely and i feel the same way um like Janet Lee has like kind of moments of brilliance in this movie where you can look at her, just watch her face and tell exactly what she's thinking. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Their, their scenes together, um, are great, you know, especially like the oh, first, God, yeah. the first, yeah, where they're, when, when they have that first scene in the hotel, I think that, yeah, the parlor scene in particular, I think is one of the greatest scenes in cinematic history. I think it's, it's like, just a, as far as purely conversation driven scenes, it's like that come to mind are like that. Um, Quince USS Indianapolis speech on the boat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, some of these scenes that are just like you can see completely out of context. You could just show to anybody and just look at them and they're like, holy shit, this is amazing. You right. know, you could just study that scene alone. Oh yeah. my gosh. Like Crispin Glover's dance in uh, Friday 13th part four. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Exactly. Take that out. Yeah. Right. Exact same thing. What Actually, the fuck am I watching? there were two scenes that we studied um, in, in film class when I was in senior year. It was the, uh, the Indianapolis scene and the Crispin Glover dance. <laughs> and they were almost indistinguishable from each other yeah the same beats same literally beats. and figuratively <laughs> McFly <laughs> and what nobody tells you is that the song he was actually dancing to in that scene was farewell and adieu you fair Spanish ladies <laughs> <laughs> farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain <laughs> I thought you were actually going to give the real song, and I'm like... Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is some cool <laughs> trivia. Oh, yeah, I got me, you fucker. <laughs> no, because we don't do trivia anymore. Uh, we sure do. <laughs> um, Something really small that I appreciated watching this time is um, even watching now the recording on... I was watching on Netflix. Even though I own it, I was just like, oh, let me find out if it's... 
that's the thing. I yeah, have, like, man, that's just easy to do now, right? From like, when I moved two years yeah. ago, like I'll still like I I still have most of my DVDs and Blu-rays in in a box, you know, except for like certain hot like a lot of my horror movies I pulled out into like my Halloween stuff and then the Christmas movies. Um, but I still search if it's easier to stream. And even yeah. on the Netflix streaming one, there's still the uh, the cigarette burn reel markers in the different scenes. I just I love that. And I, I pointed out to Katie. I was like, "Do you, do you see that? Do you, do you do you know what that means?" <laughs> you got a little Tyler <laughs> Durden on her. Team Fight Club. <laughs> That's <awesome. laughs> One of the things I find really um, fascinating about uh, Norman Bates, right? You know, he's a big horror villain, but he's one of the few ones I think that like almost is like made fun of, right? He doesn't really come off as like super intimidating, like a lot of other horror icons, right? Like Hannibal Lecter, it's him because he, he's kind of like weak and frail at the same time, right? Like he's he's still like I mean he's psycho. After I found that really like different, you know, to have like your horror icon kind of be someone that you'd make fun of, but still he winds up pulling the stuff off. It's more just kind of like jaw dropping than like scary. I feel like. You know, like, I think that's kind of something that stands out about this horror villain more than any other one that's just straight up, like, an unstoppable killing machine or, like, you know, intellectually terrifying or something like that. Well, I think that's kind of part of the uh, the genius of, like, Hitchcock's casting there because of course, right. the, the, the character in the book physically is the exact opposite. Oh, I didn't know. Perkins. Yeah. Yeah, in the book he was described. First of all, he's older in the book. He he's like a middle aged man. Okay. Um, he's fat. He's balding. He's like greasy, kind of gross looking. Hmm. Just just polar opposite of uh, Anthony Perkins. Yeah. And I feel like had they gone that route, the character maybe would not have been as sympathetic. No, I don't think so. I don't think it would have worked. Honestly, I, I I'm I'm trying to picture a, a person that looks like that. We are already kind of like put off by, and I don't really see that working because it's like the subtlety of him. And I think that, you know, let you use the word sympathetic, because if you truly buy into the idea that it was, a you know, the split personality, um, you know, that he actually was, you know, two personalities in his mind, then Norman is just this innocent guy, like this Dr. Beckle and Mr. Hyde type of character, you know, when he is Norman... He's the person we see in all of these acts that that occur as mother are like his transformation, not just in, in terms of persona, but he becomes physically stronger. Not like he hulks out. No, I know he becomes what you mean. Yeah. capable of. Yeah, yeah, he just becomes capable of of a more aggressive, more powerful things because of that that confidence and madness and in all of these other things. Yeah, and yeah. End of Psycho 1, if it was the one and only film, you know, you could look at it and say, like, literally, he, he was innocent, you know, yeah. to, you know, this this force that would, you know, this this mental break. Well, yeah, because he's not Does that like... that sound crazy? You you could be like, no. No, 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 <laughs> I, I, I do agree with that, Um, and I, and I kind of did want to talk about that. You, you segued me in, because, like, he's not the guy that, like, you know, does something right and like walks away like smirking and whistling you know like that's not like the kind of character that he is um everything we're, we're kind of going on the journey with him we like understand a little bit more of what's going on with him because of how well he you know plays the character but what i wanted to ask you guys and without getting like too off topic or like too into detail about it 
Do you think the sequels strengthen like the this this character or like kind of tear down what they built up in this movie? I think Psycho Two does a good job of continuing the character's story and kind of letting him evolve a little bit. Yeah, and maybe even aspects of four. Okay. Uh, because four is largely a prequel. Uh, three is an interesting movie, but not a good movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I think for the most part, the sequels kind of hold up. Like Psycho Two is a legitimately good flick. It is. Yeah. Um, and even four has its moments. Four is yeah. I think four would would, would be like my my number three while part three is a little stranger, but I do feel like they did keep like, I, 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 I do feel like all those movies as far as like, I know there's a lot of like weird stuff going on in them, but they, but Norman's character, I do feel like they, they kept that pretty faithful. They, they kept him as a good character all the way through. I don't think he's really like tainted or anything like that or soiled. I, I, a lot of that comes down to Tony Perkins himself, though, because he he really kind of took the reins of that character, yeah, and was very adamant about keeping Norman Norman. Yeah. Hold on, guys! I just got an Amber Alert. I got to run. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all have to pitch in. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. But I was like, I'm not, I was like, okay. Um, I I think that. I agree that Anthony Perkins uh, definitely knew the character very well, and it evolved really well. But and 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 I think with, because having gone back and watched Psycho Four since the first time I watched it, saw it as a kid, I think it's hard to that when you watch Psycho One, you you know these things of if you assume that's canon, which I think it is. You know, it just kind of expands. You know, you just pity him more, and you feel like. But also at the same time, you know, he's the one that murdered them. You know, Norman did it, you know, so it's... Yeah. You're talking about the mother and... Yeah, the mother and the, the love... And the boyfriend. And Ted or whatever his name was, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, that... that and that was kind of the point I, I wanted to make when, when Joe was talking about that specifically, was that, yes, in this specific movie, in the original... You can't really blame Norman. Norman's kind of innocent in those acts. But he's the one who originally murdered his mother and her boyfriend. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you don't... you don't. Now, did his mother kind of have something... Did his mother kind of have something to do with that? He did not have the healthiest relationship with her. Yeah, but but again, we like we we don't get like they don't get into that in the original. They don't get into any of that until four, and that's what you know. You when I just go back to the original, the character, like, I, I I don't think it dilutes the character in any way. I just think that I guess the question, if you had to say, is it is it better to have a universe where only Psycho One exists, or if in not. Not like our universe, but where all four movies are true, you know, and that's what happened. And I think that Psycho 1 by itself is a more powerful thing just to exist by itself. Even though I enjoy the other movies, I think that the the strength it brings to the table as a complete story is more powerful than what the sequels did for for the character and for the story overall. 
I think. See, I don't feel like the sequels just existing takes anything away from... Yeah, but I'm saying if you just look at it independently. You know, because something as simple as, like, the scene where he's sinking the car, and then it stops for a moment. And oh, there's looks... nothing in any of the sequels uh, that even comes close to that. Yeah, but that says so much about his character and his his just everything about him. It's just like what an amazing insight into his brain by just a facial expression, you know? Right, right. No, it his matter. Right yeah, yeah. And and I actually I did want to bring that specific scene up because I like I don't know how you guys feel as far as like. Because when you're watching the movie, there, like all of your all of your sympathies are with Marion for that first quarter of the movie, right? This is the character that you're following. This is the character that you're sticking with, and then she dies, and you feel fucking terrible for her. And then Norman comes, and you're like, Jesus Christ, what's going to happen? And now this guy is going to be in on it. Yada yada yada. Where where's the turn for you where you start sympathizing with Norman? Because it does happen at some point. In the, when in, in the first Sam movie? starts to bully him. Yeah, when yeah, Sam starts to kind of bully, bully him, like, in the in the office. Like, I think it took that long for me to feel like when, like, Sam was kind of, like, conver- you know, having a conversation. Like, he was starting to get manipulated. You almost felt like he was the victim of that scene. Okay. For me, it for happens me. earlier. Yeah. For me, it happens earlier. In that scene where he's standing there watching the car go down. Yeah. And then it stops. And he's got that look of panic on his face. And you're sitting there like, oh my god, is he going to get caught? Why yeah. am I worried about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's an excellent question. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. What an amazing... That's a very fast shift, if you think about it, because you definitely feel oh, that yeah, way. Because he you feel his over. panic. No, you're yeah. right. That, yeah. that, 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 I didn't really think of it that, because I'm, I'm kind of thinking of answering that in a different way, and I'm not thinking about, like, when was I worried about the character's safety? Um, yeah. Yeah, because I never really like, felt like sympathy for him. I was always kind of like, you know, kind of watching him, you know, like, hmm. But, like, yeah, like... You're right. Like throughout the movie, like he's the one that you don't want to get caught, which is crazy. Maybe we're the psychos. I was going to say maybe that's what uh, what Hitchcock was trying to prove with this movie. I mean, yeah, I mean maybe it's it's the audience. Yeah, we're the problem. <laughs> we're the psycho. Well, we're yeah, the psycho. I mean, if you if you if you're worried about him, yeah, yeah, because there's some good yeah. people in there, kind of, I guess. But um, like, I mean, everybody has like that flaw, though, right? Like not not that they deserve to die, but it does that thing, you know, like a lot of these like movies do, where it's like they show you. They have no problem showing you, you know, that these people's flaws and what they're doing wrong, um, so that you're already kind of like, you know, you got one foot on the one foot out the door on them, you know, uh, morally. I was never worried about anything happening to Loomis, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's really funny you say that because my wife Katie had never seen this movie, and I was like, "You should watch this with me. It's really an amazing movie." And she was like, "No, and hell no, I'm not watching that because in her mind." it has the power of something like The Exorcist. Because if you've never seen either one, you might think, oh, no, those are both, you know, historically crazy horror movies. And I'm like, no, 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 The Exorcist will fuck you up. And Psycho, you're going to be like, wow, this is amazing. So she came home and I was like, look, you just, like the shower scene just happened. You're going to just watch this movie while, you know, because she was doing some work on her laptop. 
and she just like closed her laptop and started watching it and she was like this is really good and i was like i know <laughs> and, I, and i was and she was like yeah i had no idea it was like this i was like in you know just the way it was shot and being able to see it from someone with fresh eyes she's like isn't he like his mother or something like that and i was like damn you even know that yeah. <laughs> so I was like even she knew about that but then um you know so that ended and even then we went back and watched the parlor i was like i just gotta show you the parlor scene when we went back and watched that and so when we were watching it like when you know when they were exploring the hotel and like he was looking and he was looking in the safe and he thought there was going to be like a jump scare or something like he like norman was going to jump up behind him and i was like if you're feeling anxious on something, I could tell you what happens. And she's like, no, I don't care about any of these characters. She said, she <laughs> right. was, I don't care. About <laughs> and she was like, I just care about Norman. And I was like, Hmm, interesting. You know, because you know, he's the main character. And I was like, that was such an insight. She's like, I don't care about any of these characters. And I was like, huh, you know, no, because from the point where Norman kind of starts cleaning up after mother in the bathroom, it then becomes Norman's movie. Yeah. 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 And you don't feel that way with any other horror movie. You know, you don't feel that way with like, you know, I mean, obviously these characters are a little bit more far fetched, but like, you know, like Jason, you know, whatever, like you want to see the, you want to see the characters die and then you want to see the bad guy die. Like you want to see all those things happen. You know, like that's the whole, like the, the joy of the movies, you know, mm, and I, I don't know the scene where Michael Myers pins the guy to the wall and then he turns his head slightly. I was like, I can appreciate that. You know, <laughs> he's he's an really artist. appreciating his work. You know, like that it drew me into him. I felt like maybe he's the victim. Maybe I could change him. <laughs> <laughs> he just needs a strong, powerful woman. He needs a good influence. Yeah. Oh, wait until I start talking about the psycho remake. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. <laughs> Things are about the only fans stand up in here. <laughs> the only feel the only thing that I feel like they did besides ruin the entire movie dramatically different was very very obviously show that he was masturbating when he was looking through the hole in the wall that was the only thing i remember that from was the psycho your, remake that was your big uh issue with the movie that was my no 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 i said they horribly ruined the movie but that was my only takeaway oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and i gotta say that the scene where like when she wakes up in the car and the cop is like talking to her and then the cop's just following her and then you know just because naturally the cop would be driving behind her, that level of panic that you know that you feel—that's exactly how I feel every time I go to a urinal and there's a uniformed police officer <laughs> peeing next to me, Watch, watching me pee. Yeah. How how often does that happen? <laughs> At least a half dozen times, and I've never done anything wrong. But suddenly I feel like I'm in Reservoir Dogs, and I'm like the guy. <laughs> uh. Obviously, we could sit here, we could talk about this movie, you know, for hours, uh, just like The Exorcist, you know, this is one of these, like, major classics that uh, there's there's so much to say, there's so much to talk about. But, you know, we, 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 we want to focus more on our personal um, feelings and experience with it, really, more so than anything else. It's very clear, obviously, to all of us that this is a must-watch movie. Um, for those of you that uh, haven't seen it or haven't seen it, well, we ruined everything for you, but if you haven't seen it in a while... Um, <laughs> You know, rewatch this movie. Um, it's 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 really just like it's a movie I could say is pretty much perfect. I think we're all in agreement on that. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. it was really very well done. You know, the movie definitely meant well. It plucked its thick tongue and shook its head and suggested oh so delicately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
both times still worked. <laughs> Justin, you have any quotes from the movie or? <laughs> uh, he's a transvestite. <laughs> <laughs> of exposition or what jesus christ <laughs> it's like 20 minutes of so here's what happened in the movie yeah they're like all right audience you're stupid shut up and listen <laughs> and he was so angry when he found out i taken tranquilizers i like justin's like 30 second truck stop review of the movie. <laughs> like that should be like a new se- a new segment to end it. <laughs> That's it. You got to get that on a soundboard. It's just just. <laughs> oh god, I'm like fucking hurting. Just, just the way he said it was just so fucking blunt. He was just like, yeah, he's drinking his nights. <laughs> and how calmly his psychiatrist is like, not exactly. <laughs> you, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> Did you not listen to anything I just said? <laughs> well, you know what? It's the end of the podcast, and I think it's appropriate to just talk about the end of the movie. Does anyone else have a problem with that exposition scene that really just sort of stops the entire movie? I, no, actually, I like that scene. I, it's, it's the one thing I'm just kind of like, I don't really love this. I understand it's like kind of what would happen, but I just, I'm like, did, did, like, I just feel like it's like the dumb audience explanation scene. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that would be the only, yeah, that would be my only criticism of the movie. Right. And it wouldn't even bring it down from a 10.0 no. to a 9.9. But it'd be the only thing where I've just felt like... Maybe it was a little long. Maybe it got a little tired. Like, it's the only scene, I guess, on a rewatch where I'm just like, yeah, I fucking know. You know, like, it's not, the, it's the only part of the movie how Justin said, like, he could sit down anytime and watch it. And when I get to that, I'm just like, all right, I'll, I'll finish the movie just to get to the amazing end scene. But yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And again, I don't like even feel like I am at a place to criticize anything about the movie. But, and, and I agree with you. It doesn't take it down and it's like rating or whatever you want to call it. It's just a scene where I'm just like, why, you know, like, why does this really need to be here? You know, I feel like it just, it takes away from like the intelligence of it all. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I just, you know, I just feel like it was like kind of unnecessary. I mean, you're not the only one, honestly. Like that scene is the biggest criticism that most people have about the movie. Yes, I know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, with that said, everybody, happy Mother's Day. Um, you know, you... <laughs> I know. This was the Mother's Day episode. Um, <laughs> it's a comedic reason to, to, you know, bring this up. Um, got a, you got a mom. Um, <laughs> we, one of the three of us does. Just <laughs> tell your lover and uh, watch Psycho. Those are the two things i'm going to bring to you at the end of this episode and uh that's pretty much it for us stay tuned next week for a really great episode and um we hope you enjoyed this one we certainly did and um thank you guys for coming on as always uh i know this is like a, a you know an easy one to do obviously i'm not asking you to watch something terrible it's still difficult i feel like to talk about this movie and bring something to the table that's a little bit uh different and entertaining right but uh you guys fucking sure did do it so uh, thank you uh very much and thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week all right good fucking night good night everybody good night hey guys if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to our podcast on spotify and Apple iTunes. Also, you can follow us on social media. We have Twitter, and that's at Sexy Vamp Teeth.
We also have Instagram at the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. So if you guys want updates on the show, please follow us on our social media sites and make sure to tune in every Monday night for a new episode. Thanks for listening, guys, and good night. You've been listening to the Sexy Vampire Teeth Podcast. Guys, they're real giddy for Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> At a bar crawl, Mother's Day bar crawl. Oh my god! Fucked up. This <laughs> for you, Ma. Bottomless mimosas, Ma. <laughs> Brunch forever. <laughs>